Blackpool and Bridgebury and anybody else that may be watching tonight, whether it's live with us or whether it is um, on catch up throughout the week, we want to welcome you as part of our online service and uh, trust that you will be blessed by the word while we wait for a few people, as we would do normally. Just want to give you a couple of um, heads up of what's coming up soon. Uh, next Sunday, we will be doing our normal Zoom, Zoom at 10 o'clock, followed by the, Carol, uh, the, the service um, in Portsmouth, and then followed by Zoom again um, after the service. And then at 4.30, we want as many people as we can possibly get on Zoom for our Christmas build-up. Um, we're going to do some, some uh, festive fun, some trivia Christmas, as best dressed Christmas people um, in their in their homes, we just want to make it a lot of fun, being really interactive for the children. You would have received your Christmas packs that have gone out this week. Um, we want to see those angels that you've decorated, um, and just uh, we're encouraging as many as we can. Four thirty to five p.m., and then we're going to go online for our carol service. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's going to be a lot of people. Uh, in their homes, having a good giggle at what they see and what they hear. We just trust that you will enjoy it and tune in for it. That's going to be at 5 p.m. We're asking you to get some Christmas food, maybe a Christmas tea, gather with your family, watch the big screen, and enjoy our carol service for Gospel and Bridgemary. So that's the information for next week. The message that I want to bring tonight, I believe, is a is in, in many senses what you would call a a kairos moment a word in season this is a in season word and the word i want to bring tonight is this the dangers of isolation <clears throat> i guess for many of us um up until the beginning of this year we wouldn't have really given too much thought about the word isolation uh, for me i guess i i think of people who are maybe elderly and on their own or someone who is um, um, sick and in hospital with a contagious disease and they put them in isolation. <clears throat> but for many of us, this year has been a year where we've all had to go through times of isolation and tough times where, where we've had to be separated off from everybody around us, our loved ones, our families, those friends that we would have. And it's been a really difficult time of isolation for many. This word isolation means the state of being in a place or situation that is separate from others <clears throat> or the act of keeping apart from others. I think we've all come to be aware that isolation isn't fun. In fact, isolation can have so many negative effects upon our life. Research has linked social isolation and loneliness to higher risks of physical and mental conditions such as high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, a weakened immune system, anxiety, depression, and many other negative effects upon the physical being. Prolonged spiritual isolation is, is a really dangerous place to be. Natural isolation has a natural effect. Spiritual isolation has a spiritual 
effect. Listen to this in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. <clears throat> a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Spiritual isolation is where the devil wants us to be and he'll do all he can to keep us in this place of spiritual isolation, spiritual separation. I guess this prolonged time of doing online church is, in the words of so many throughout this year, unprecedented. It's been unprecedented since, I guess, the beginning of the church back in Acts 2, some 2,000 years ago in that upper room. I don't think the church has ever experienced a time where they haven't been able to meet in the way that they would normally ever before. Therefore, we need to be alert. We need to be watchful. We need to be aware of the cunning trickery and the deceitful plans of the enemy during this time. Because I do believe, I strongly believe that the enemy is wanting to do something so negative within the church or within those who are in the fringe of church life. When we isolate ourselves from the body of Christ, we become more limited to the spiritual input of others. And very often the only voice that we hear is our own or the negative voice around us. Listen to this. Experts say it takes on average 21 days to form a new habit. Those same experts say it takes an average of 66 days to break a habit. Listen very carefully. These same experts say it takes, on average, 254 days to form a new lifestyle. And the concerning thing right now is this tonight is the 259th day since we last did a church gathering of people. Therefore, we need to ask ourselves some very important questions. Am I developing a new lifestyle where God and his church are no longer a central part to my life? Am I confident or am I content with the isolation and separation that I am now experiencing and wouldn't return to church as it would become an inconvenience to my life? See, we're talking lifestyle change. The third thought is this. If the church doors open tomorrow, would you be pleased and overjoyed? Or would you be thinking, oh no, do we have to? 254 days to change a lifestyle. We are now 259 days. Are, is, your thinking, are our thoughts changing or are we contending for those thoughts? 
In Proverbs chapter 4, I'm going to read it from two translations. It says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We've got to protect our heart. We've got to protect what we think about God, what we think about his house, what we think about church and, and church ministry. We've got to protect our walk with God. Otherwise, it will determine the course of our life. Same scripture, different translation. Be very careful about what you think. Your thoughts run your life. So family church, are we guarding our hearts? Are we protecting our thinking? I guess when you look at Eve in the garden, it was when she was in that place of isolation that the enemy came along and whispered into her ear, did God really say? Someone once said this, if the devil can't keep you uh, sorry, if the devil can't get you to sin, he'll keep you busy instead. And in this time of, of isolation and separation from our natural gatherings, are we becoming so busy that there, there is no time or place for God, his house, his ministry, his purposes in our life? As Christians, we should never be in isolation from other believers. That's why we have, as a leadership, encouraged our online connect groups. They are absolutely vital. If you've not joined one, you've not heard the heart of your congregational pastor. If you're not joining our Zoom gatherings, you've not heard our heart. It's not just so that we can have a time of entertainment. It's so that we remain engaged in the spiritual journey of our life, not in isolation and separation, but in gathering and connecting together as brothers and sisters, as the body of Christ. Consider this thought. Watch any nature program where there is a predator animal like a wolf or a pack of lions. And when they go on the hunt, they select the old, they select the sick, they select the vulnerable, and they select the isolated. They're the ones that they go for to take out, to hunt down. Isolation can bring with it a vulnerability to attack. Consider this thought. Would the devil rather come after a group of believers having fellowship and building each other up in Christ, or would he rather come after a struggling, lone believer? We, family church, need to remain vigilant for ourselves, for those within the community of faith, those that we know that are struggling at this time. We need to be vigilant. Listen, in, in, in the Bible it says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. <clears throat> it says, be well balanced and always alert. Not sometimes, not now and again, but always be alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. He doesn't take a day off. 
He's not lazy. He's looking incessantly to devour his prey. Take a a decisive stand against him and resist his attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of trouble you endure. We have got to watch out, not only for ourselves, but for our brothers and sisters in the Lord and their walk with God as well. Isolation produces loneliness and vulnerability. It's interesting. I was chatting to someone in the church on the phone and I was encouraging them, look, you know, come on to, to our Zoom meetings, come on to, to a connect group and be a part of, of the fellowship times that we're having. And this person said to me, well, I guess I've become a little lazy, especially on Sundays when I don't have to get up for work or for church. Oh, are you hearing the sound of danger? Remember, the experts say on average it takes 254 days to change a lifestyle. We're now 259. How many lifestyles in church right now are changing from a hungry pursuit for God to an emptiness and a couldn't be bothered kind of attitude? Are we experiencing a changing of our own personal lifestyles and thinking? You need to contend because the devil is he he's out there to devour your life and to control your walk with God so that you become more and more distant so he can take you out. Are we experiencing a change of our own personal lifestyle and thinking? Is God's family the is God's family the church being excluded from being important enough to get up a little earlier and make the effort? Are we excited about our regatherings? As things go, we come January are going to look to have kids church running. We need kids church workers. That doesn't mean all the kids church workers that used to do kids church when we were gathering as church. If you were on a hosting team, if you were on the worship team, if you were on the setup team, we're not doing any of that right now. Why not become a kids church worker so we can get our kids back into the house of God. You should be mature enough and strong enough in your faith not to have our gatherings. Many churches are gathering for the adults. We are protecting our kids, the younger, the more vulnerable, and we want to get the word of God into their hearts. We're calling out. This is a shout out tonight. Would you roll up your sleeve and say, I was a host, but now I'm going to be a kids church worker. I was a worship team, but I'm going to be a kids church worker. I didn't do anything, but I'm going to be a kids church worker. We need as many as we can in the new year. Are we excited about our regatherings? Because this is a test of our heart. Protect your heart. Protect your thinking. Are we changing our lifestyle? Are we excited about our gathering again? Next, would we step up and be willing to play our part in the rebuilding process moving forward? 
Or are you just going to wait until the doors of the church open and, and you just stroll back in and stroll back out? Are you willing to, to be a, a Nehemiah, to take up a trowel, to take up your sword and be a part of the building process? We need you to be that as we go back into building church again. Will you be a part of the kids' church ministry once we can get that going again? I ask you, please email me so that we can get you DBS checked and get you ready for when we start in January. Listen to this. I think this is just so, so powerful. In the book of Jude, um, verse 3, it says, Dearly loved friends, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation we all participate in. Oh, I can imagine if Jude wrote these words, it would have been just so amazing talking about this amazing salvation. But he carries on, he says, but I felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for and fight strenuously for the defense of the beliefs that we cherish. For God, through his apostles, has once for all entrusted these truths to his holy believers. I must have, I don't know how many times I've read the book of Jude, but this scripture suddenly came alive on the inside of my heart. Suddenly, he, he was going in one direction. He was going to teach them and talk to them about this amazing salvation that we have. And then he said, he's arrested by the Holy Spirit. He, he, he has this Kairos moment. And he says, look, I can't do that. I felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend. Are you vigorously defending your walk with God, your heart for God, your heart for his house, your willingness to serve? Are you vigorously defending and contending for and fighting strenuously for the defense of the beliefs, the holy scriptures, the book of Acts lifestyle that we cherish. Family Church, we cannot apathetically sit back and allow the current circumstances determine what our walk with God or his church looks like. We can't, we can't just sit back and say, well, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. That's not, that's not going to build the church. We can't have other people turn around and say, well, it's the same old faces that are doing it. It may be, but praise God for the same old faces. Each one of us needs to vigorously defend and contend and fight for what we know to be true. There are moments throughout the Bible where different people found themselves in times of difficulty, in places of isolation. And I just want to highlight one tonight as we follow their life and as we follow this theme and thought of isolation. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we find the prophet Elijah. Oh, I love the stories of Elijah. I love how he connected with God, how he changed circumstances, the miracles that he did. But here in, in 1 Kings 19, we see the prophet Elijah standing victoriously on Mount Carmel, having defended God, 
the God of Israel in this epic showdown battle between himself and 850 false prophets of Baal. This was Elijah's moment. This was his 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 biggest in, encounter. His name now was the biggest name in the town, in the area. But instead of a victory parade, Elijah receives a death threat from Jezebel. Now, this one woman, he's just defeated 850 prophets of Baal, but this one woman's threat caused Elijah to flee. He ran for his life. He fled to the wilderness. He sought solitude and isolation and protection in the caves and in the mountains. And it was there that Elijah, excuse me, faced a time of isolation and desperation. And he cried out, it got so bad, he cried out, God, take my life. That is a horrible place to get to. It was in this isolation and desperation that he cried out, God, take my life. For weeks, Elijah remained in isolation. He begins to cry out, I'm the only one left. This isolation began to work on his mind. It began to work on his conscience. It began to work in the spirit of who the man was. But then one day, he's confronted by the God in whom he defended earlier on. And this is such an incredible wake-up call, not only to Elijah, but I want this to be a wake-up call in your life and in my life. Allow this to echo in the corridors of your heart tonight. Allow these words to stir you, to fire you up, to get you prepared, to get you ready for the what next. In his isolation, in his separation, he hears the word of the Lord in 1 Kings 19 verse 9. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? God's saying, I don't understand. Why are you separated? Why are you isolated? Why are you in this place of desperation? Why, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? And then he speaks into his life and he speaks vision and he speaks purpose. You and I have been called for a purpose in our generation. It's not to sit back, it's to build so that the gates of hell will not prevail. We've been called to build. We've been called like Nehemiah, built the temple again. Let's go build God's house again. Let's roll up our sleeves. Yes, it may be a handful. It may be a couple of handfuls. It may be 50 people. But let's rebuild what God has called us to build and others there's a what was it? I don't I've never seen the film if you build it they will come and be a part of it I, I don't know I've, I've heard it somewhere what are you doing here Elijah I guess that's the question I'm asking every person listening 
to this broadcast tonight or through the week. What are you doing here? What are you doing with your life? Has your lifestyle changed according to the environment that we're now in? Or are you contending for the faith? Are you pushing back? Are you vigorously defending the truths that have been passed down through the generations? Is Are we trying to fit God into our lifestyle or are we allowing our lifestyle to fit around God? Is he the centre of our life? Is his house the centre of our life? Is it the core of what we're core to? What are you doing here? And I could call out Andrew. What are you doing here, Peter? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Only you can answer. Have you allowed 250 nine days to begin to change your thoughts about Christianity? Have you allowed 259 days to change your thought about God? Have you allowed 259 days to change your perspective regarding the church? Or have you been contending for the faith? Have you been fighting back the one who would come to seek to steal, kill and destroy? As I close tonight, here are Three things that we need to do whilst we're not able to meet weekly as a church. Number one, stay connected as the church. I want to send out another shout to everybody in the church, everybody who's listening. And those who aren't listening, you go and tell them they need to be a part of a connect group online right now. Or they need to gather together and they need to gather together on our Zoom gatherings on a Sunday. We as the church need to stay connected. I love the fact that over these last few weeks we've been seeing more and more people gathering together on the Sunday morning. Keep on doing it. Let's invite family and friends, those that are part of the church that we don't see on a regular basis. Let's invite them. If we're going to see our church stay strong, let's stay connected. Second thing is we need to discipline our bodies. We need to rule over our soulish cravings by allowing God and his word access to all areas of our life. So we've got to rule, we've got to discipline our bodies. We've got to stand guard and watchful. Why? Because sin always crouches at the door of our lives. Sin is crouching at the door of our life. Compromise is crouching at the door of our lives. Therefore, we need to protect our heart with all diligence. We need to Beat our bodies into submission. We need to take up our cross daily. We need to forget the past and press on to the future. We need to discipline our bodies daily. And the third thing is this. We need to meditate on the cross. Use this time to starve sin and allow our lives to grow in godliness. Let's not go back to church the same that we came out of church. We have a great opportunity to grow. We do less meetings, we're less gatherings, 
let's grow our spiritual lives and mature in the faith. The key to slaying sin is to meditate on the power of the cross. Let's come back stronger. Let's come back mightier in God. 254 days to change a habit. We're now 259 days. What are we doing? What are we expecting? What are we prepared to do? Let me go back to this scripture. I'm going to read it one more time because it's so powerful. Jude, verse 3. Dearly loved friends, and I sincerely, with all my heart, speak that out to everyone who's in Family Church Gospel and Bridgemary, who we walk with, who we care for, who we pray for. Dearly loved friends, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation we all participate in. But I had a Kairos moment and I felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for and fight strenuously for the defence of the beliefs that we cherish. Family Church, Gospel and Bridgemary, can I leave that thought with you? Don't allow circumstances. Don't allow isolation. Don't allow our separation to cause us to walk away from these incredible things that have been handed to us. But let's contend for the faith. Let's unite in our connection together. And in our gatherings and in our strength, we will defeat the works of the enemy. Let me just pray for you tonight. Father, I pray for every person listening to the voice of my word, your word tonight. Father, I pray that the word of God will go into the good ground of our heart. And Father, that you would stir us, that you would birth passion for your house. Lord, a passion for your word. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you said you would build your house and the gates of hell will not prevail. And Father, as for me and my house, we determine that we will serve the Lord. And I pray tonight there will be many other households and individuals right now saying, as for me, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. God bless you and amen. You take care. See you next Sunday. Don't forget our carol service next Sunday afternoon, 4.30, and then the service itself at 5. God bless you. Bye-bye.